0: AI Tools for Creators, the podcast that dives deep into creativity aided by artificial intelligence and machine learning. Can you copyright AI generated art? We'll discuss that and more in this episode of AI Tools for Creators. My name is Mike Russell.
1: I'm Isabella Russell.
0: And, well, one thing that you definitely can copyright is Isabella Russell. I thought that there was only one Isabella Russell in the world until I went on LinkedIn recently and I found out that there's a there's another teacher in the United Kingdom called Isabella Russell, the same as you. So there you go. Do you
1: know what? For a really long time, I was the only one. I was Googling around and there was no other Isabella Russell, like, you know, of the exact same spelling, but there you go. So we do
0: a big shout out to the other Isabella Russell. There's loads of mike russell's in the world i even met uh my mike russell equivalent in the united states in california and sat outside one hack away with him uh outside the old facebook now meta headquarters uh, in california so anyway that's not what this episode is about although it could be ethically speaking can you copyright a human being (laughs) can i be copyrighted can mike visual representation can my voice be copyrighted Tom Hanks recently said to his Instagram followers uh, there is some weird uh, ad floating around the internet with me representing a dental product it's absolutely not me I don't endorse it you know Hollywood just said they they're stopping striking but you know not everything's over sag after are still a little bit like oh you know this is not good but we're talking about the art world the creative world what do you think Isabella
1: okay so I've done a little bit of uh, research into this because I've, I think Think that's actually quite interesting um let's start off with the present time so very recently as only in august uh u.s court in washington this dc washington dc even um has ruled out uh the possibility of copywriting ai generated artwork and they just without any you know form of hesitation just simply said that um artificial intelligence art created artificial intelligence Artwork without any human input cannot be copyrighted under the US law, right? So, and then they further expanded on that to say that copyright protection is only available for works created by human beings. Okay, not supernatural beings as in Holy Spirit or animals or or computer programs, artificial intelligence, okay? So this is the very latest, so the answer was no. But then let's look back at the history of copyright protection. And I think that this is where the interesting element potentially sits. So if we go back to 1880s, okay, so... 1884 to be exact. uh Aha! And um, the technology of photographs came out, okay? So the first... Photographs, you know, not digitally created because they weren't digital, but the first photographs were created and a question came up as to are you able to copyright a photograph, you know, because actually it's a, you know, could be a photograph of a person, right? So it's like, it's still them. So can you copyright that thing, right? So the courts then were deciding whether copyright, um, how copyright law should handle then the new technology of photography. And some people argued that photographs shouldn't receive uh, copyright protection at all. Now copyright is supposed to cover creative works, and camera just mechanically captures images of what it's potentially pointed at, right? Then uh, the nation's highest court at the time acknowledged that ordinary photographs may not merit c- copyright protection because they may be the you know mechanical mechanical reproductions of some scene, okay. But um, then there was a new case where there was a photograph of Oscar Wilde. am I correct in saying that? And um, the original photographer really wanted to copyright his work as that was then reproduced in other places. Um, And they've actually agreed that... He brought to life uh, Oscar Wilde by posing him in front of the camera, okay, selecting and arranging the costume, you know, the, the background and other various accessories that were put on that picture, okay. And then, you know, the whole history sort of from there stumbled and we could copyright all of a sudden images. So this is interesting because I think if we were. To argue this case, on that specific case in the past, could we say that as humans, we are arranging what AI is then putting and therefore we are creating something that uniquely captures the moment? So our prompt in some way almost serves as a very similar kind of reflection to what happened in the past. What do you think, Mike?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think that is super interesting, and uh, I heard what you said about the mechanical reproduction of something by a camera by this new technology in the in the eighteen hundreds, right? So, what a crazy new world! So, we've always dealt with new technology, and is something copyrightable and. I think it is copyrightable or it belongs to somebody, as we would use that terminology, uh, when that somebody has had a significant creative impact in making it. Let me take that further by broadening this out. I know we're focusing on art and images in this episode. But if you look at Amazon, insisting that any books now on their platform, especially self-publishing it needs to be declared that this was either AI-assisted or AI-generated. So people can know, and I think in the future, that 100% organic human label is going to become more and more interesting. And then we'll look at things like music, where Spotify's uh, CEO has said, we're not going to ban AI-generated music. But again, the more human input, you know, if a EDM producer uses it to get the baseline for a track that otherwise is completely composed and played on real instruments by them, you know, that's AI assistance. That still, in my opinion at least, which maybe doesn't count for much legally, is a copyrightable piece of work. And then we look at art, right? So yes, you can say you can type in a simple prompt, right? So if I type into mid-journey or dal E something like dog, and it generates these beautiful pictures of dogs... I don't think that's got a good case for copyright because it's such a simple prompt and yet the AI has done something amazing. However, and this is what I'm going to throw back to you, Isabella... These big models that are generating art, such as Midjourney, such as Dali, such as Ideogram, and all the other places where you can create amazing things even now with text and real nuance in what's being described and the less and less prompt engineering that's required as it seems to understand these things, so you can get really good stuff out of it. Why do you think that these models are free to freemium, to very widely available to a big audience of people, because the one thing that is presently missing and may not be missing forever is the human mind to create the thing. So it's all very well, you know, one person saying, I've created this thing that can create any image you could ever think of but it still needs lots and lots of human minds to create those images. And when I go to somewhere like I've been playing with Dali 3 recently because it's insane. And they they started like rolling it out and you can generate text and it does memes really well. And it understands really well what you want to wake. So rather than like 100 keywords that you put into mid-journey, you can just say raining cats and dogs. And it will get the nuance that that means, you know, it is raining and it will do things around that. And it's really, really cool. So, you know, it does require the creative input, because I'll look at other generations on Dali 3 or Mid Journey, and I'll say, do you know what? Some of the stuff I'm seeing in the in the library, in the community tab, is way better than what I'm getting. So clearly, there is an, a big element still of human creativity to really direct the artificial intelligence to make something good. And if someone's spending a lot of generations and a lot of time to make something like that, surely that should belong in some way to the human making that.
1: Well, this is the question, right? How do you measure the amount of creativity that went into that, right? And then there is also um, the ethical question of, okay, if you create an image uh, by a machine that has been trained on images of other people – to come up with that final image, then how much is your creativity valued against the learning process that machine took to, to kind of get to where it is now based on other people's work? So obviously, you know, I think the very first thing that any court will need to decide is how copyrightable is any material generated by those programs? And that's because of ethical side of things of how it came to be. And I think that this really is the fundamental thing that is going to kind of help judge in that case. I mean, as it stands, in the US, they've ruled out you cannot copyright anything generated by AI right and i kind of would go along with that but i think that there is a limit as to how v- far that can go because there, as you say there is incredible amount of human input that generates some incredible Images, right? Because ultimately, you know, even when I use Mid Journey, I will sit down and I will have something in my head and I'll be like, I would like something like that. You know, a great example uh, was actually for the artwork that we've used as a thumbnail for this episode. If you are watching on YouTube, um, then obviously you would have seen it. If you are listening to this episode, check it out on YouTube. Um, And I wanted to see a picture of a robot, you know, sitting in front of like a regular painting canvas, right? And But it took quite a few different prompts to get what I really wanted. So it wasn't immediate, you know, like it was coming up with all sorts of different things. You know, initially I was thinking like, oh, yeah, something like, you know, Picasso painting. And then it started to make like a Picasso style images, you see. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, should Picasso get some copyright from all of that stuff that has been appearing in there? Right. So it's it's quite a tough one. But I think that that case from the 1800s potentially will sway it towards the fact that we will be able to copyright the art that's generated uh, by AI with a human input to start with. So it will be interesting uh, to see where that goes.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the images that you've generated on mid-journey as you've gone through and made them uh, are incredible. Do watch back on YouTube to see them. Uh, This is also available as a visual podcast on Spotify as well. So if you're using the Spotify app, go and look there as well. There is a video that accompanies the audio on Spotify. And like I said, you came up with a brilliant picture of a robot painting some flowers, but you do get lots of different results and you don't always get what you want. So while it's getting better, and Dal E3 is a great example of less and less prompt engineer mindset needed and more and more this is what I want, do it kind of thing. But even I've been playing with Dali 3 recently and I was trying to generate uh, something where I had an image and there'd be lots of boxes and inside the boxes would be robot heads and then there'd be one box with a human with a microphone in front of them. Uh, Just trying to make a little meme around the voiceover industry and how hopefully human voices will still be needed in the future. And I had to prompt like probably I prompted Dali 3 seven or eight times before I got an image that I thought was reasonable. Not exactly what was sitting inside my mind, but it reasonably represented what I wanted. And again, we'll show that image for those who are watching and not listening to the podcast, uh, what exactly it, it generated in the end. That took a lot of prompting and a lot of really weird images before I finally got the thing I wanted. So, there is still work required, and I, I think the it's interesting. I hear what you're saying, Isabella, about we have to go the way of the camera with this, where, yes, anyone can take a photo, but if someone's taking it artistically and they, they put thought into it and maybe they bring it into, I don't know, Adobe Lightroom and do some colour filters and things, that should all be recognised. Yeah, so should uh, the creative process that goes into generating AI images. And let's face it, in the future this is going to be as normal as taking a photo.
1: And, and it will be. And I think um, the other question then is how much of AI-generated content within, say, an image could be acceptable? So what if somebody went ahead and generated a small element of the entire Painting, say say it's a painting, but with a part element that has been AI generated and inserted in digital post production into it, right? But that has created the final output. Can that be copyrighted? You know, it's like, and how much? And I think you know, then you have to ask. Then okay, so out of the hundred percent of an image, you know, say if ten percent is AI generated, ninety percent is human human input. Can you then copyright that? Like, you know, where is the limit? It's it's such a thin line, and I think that's some really strong guidance will have to be created and it will have to be unified across different countries. Because of course, you know, it might be that US will have a different stance on that to Switzerland or, you know, South Africa and anywhere in between. And and then where do we stand with this as humans? You see, it kind of calls for like international standardized law That will just apply across the board.
0: You're absolutely right, Isabella. And I think you raised a good point as well earlier. When a model is trained on different works of art, particularly when we're talking about artists that are presently alive, so we might not be talking about Picasso or Van Gogh, Uh, but if we're talking about artists that are alive... You know, should that be allowed to be used to generate images like Banksy, for instance? So this is a really good question. And not only goes in the question of should you be able to create artistic styles in the style of an artist that's presently alive, but should you also be able to use somebody in an image? Like I mentioned at the start, should I be able to generate a picture of Tom Hanks or somebody else famous? One thing I noticed was a meme a few weeks ago uh, when Dali3 was very new and there was lots of chat on Reddit about it. People were generating and posting images to the ChatGPT Reddit, funnily enough, because, of course... E 3 is o- owned by OpenAI, and a lot of people were creating things with Mario and they, I thought it was really interesting it was like the, the role playing game I wish I had and it was Mario in front of a Zelda castle holding a backpack and I was like that's awesome and then there were pictures of Mario holding a gun saying it's a go time and stuff people can create some almost not safe for work images using this technology which of course you know will become more and more safeguarded as people red team these kind of generators um, but again you know I I'd sort so someone did a whole thread of, look, I can make Taylor Swift do this, that, and the other, you know, and, you know, some of the images were fairly worrying. And it's like, well, this not only does the copyright thing, but the use of someone's image and, and profile to, well, in Tom Hanks' case, promote a dental product or, you know, Taylor Swift, it's like, what's real, what's not? You know, did she, did she not do something? Obviously, these images are totally fake and AI generated. But it, it brings up the whole question of not just copyright, but the use of someone in an image, particularly if it's a public figure. I mean, what's your take on the use of a public figure without their permission to create art? Should that be allowed?
1: Oh, that's, that's a really, really um, tough one, right? Because it's like, it's it's a little bit like, you know, when you have, say, paintings, you know, in the olden days let's go back in the olden days you would have you know an artist create a painting and put faces on it right so did the artist ask everybody on that painting to be on the painting you know did he need to get a permission like i don't know it's like where where does that start? i just don't i i don't know um i think that using bluntly somebody's face for commercial gain is not okay and i think that especially with well-known people Um, There are laws that protect, uh, you know, them from being used for third party commercial gain. And I think that they stand a chance in court to actually go ahead and say, I didn't give permission to that. This is, you know, not something that I stand behind yet. You've created my face right on the, you know, on top of a cereal box or whatever else. Uh, But it's um, it's a controversial one. I really genuinely think it's a controversial one. And that, that story is yet to be written on how that will Um, unfold and where that leads because you know what stops any artist right now to get a prompt and get an idea and then replicate it as his own like who's going to say he hasn't done it do you see what I mean so it's like you could generate you could generate say you know say you are an artist who likes the style of Banksy and is creating similar artwork in that sense, right? What stops you from asking Midjourney to give you a million ideas and you take a little bit of that idea, a little bit of that idea and generate something new from it or maybe just take entirely the idea given to you by Midjourney and then claim it as your own? Who stops you from doing that? Who is going to say, AI generated that and you copied that? Nobody will. See what I mean? There There is a moral and ethical side to it. That I think a lot of really smart people will really need to bash their heads about to create guidance that really covers a lot of that.
0: And the question is that now you've got tools such as Generative Fill in Photoshop and Photoshop for web now, so you can work right inside the web what if you're an artist and you've created this amazing masterpiece but there's one thing you got wrong that you want to change so you import it to photoshop you lasso around the bit you want to change and you generative fill that have you now taken away some element of copyright on that part of the image because you've generated and also you know there is the big question of what were these models trained on it's out there as a question mark with mid Journey and to some extent to Dali. But then you have others like Adobe with their Firefly model that say, we're totally trained on Adobe stock. We're totally legally covered. If you get sued, we've got your back kind of thing. Or you look at Getty Images as well, well known in the press and media for fantastic photography uh, that's used by journalists. Uh, Again, they've got their own model that's rolling out that, again, is going to be 100% covered. So we are going to probably see like a steering towards more ethical and authorised models. And then there's always going to be the crazy outliers that can do more stuff like, uh, you know, and and, and be open source. And so it should be, like stable diffusion. You know, stable diffusion obviously has uh, some guards and stuff and there there need to be guards around all of these things as to what can be created, how can it be created, whose likeness and what can I do and depict in that image. But it's good to have open source too. I,
1: I think so too, especially that who is to say... How we should try so if you look at AI as a helper, as a, you know, this incredibly intelligent thing that has ability to create anything, which is what it is, then surely it's in our interest to feed it a true image of the world as it is, rather than some filtered version of like, oh, here is the the limited like side peak view for the for the peephole of what the world is versus here it is, make of it what you wish, and then create from there, right? So there is that argument that actually, you know, it's like it's a whole world creation that we want to feed to it so that it can aid us in in generating further within the scope of the world we live in, right? So by narrowing it down, we are almost narrowing ourselves down too, you see? It's like this is a really... Big question. But there is the moral side, which is going to be incredibly hard to satisfy everybody on, right? But then it's like, you know, you live on the planet, right? It's like you are here whether you like it or not. So you are part of it. And therefore, you and your creation is part of it too. So should we all have access to it? Because that's the case. You see what I mean? This is like, this can go really deep. (laughs) I shouldn't be, or maybe I was a philosopher in one of my previous lives.
0: (laughs) I think to bring this episode to a close, Isabella, a final thought is that I need a way as a creator, as an artist, as an artistic person to bring what I'm thinking about in my mind to the AI on the screen or in my device. And that's clearly going to be done in the future. And this is a different episode entirely by having some kind of implant or link straight into the plane, Uh, into the plane, into the brain into into the plane of the matrix i am calling out i'm calling out elon musk and neuralink uh, the idea to turn your brain into a read write hard disk or maybe maybe something like the matrix anyway i promised i wouldn't go too far down that avenue all right
1: just a quick question would you do it if if he said okay you know i'm taking volunteers would you do it
0: I'm going to wait until it's the real, real stable version. So I know they've already started planting this uh, into certain use cases, very specific use cases to give people motion back in their legs that didn't have it. I think that's a really cool use case. Um, I would need a very good reason as in this is going to make your life better. So for me, yes, if I lost the ability to move my body... Yeah, humans are very adaptable, so I may well get used to that. But if someone said, I can restore that to you, I would definitely say, that's amazing. I want that back. Give that to me. But as a functional human being who definitely has struggles in life, we all do, I think part of being human is facing those struggles and doing your best to overcome them. So my answer to you, Isabella, would be not yet.
1: I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I was prepared to hear you say yes. I would totally do. No, I mean, but but I'm glad you say that. I think I think you are maturing, Mike. <laughs> I love that. Throughout all the years we've known each other, I think that you are finally reaching the point of like that that really appreciated maturity. <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> I guess I'm like a fine wine. You could either argue that I'm like a fine wine and I'm maturing with age, or you could go back and listen to the episode we did on personal AI. You could say it's all those chats I've been having with Pi. She's really been convincing me to become a better human being. She's given me therapy. She's shown me how to make this podcast more exciting. She has told me how to organize my life. You know, But that's a different episode entirely. Go and listen to Personal AI. Anyway, Isabella, final word from you and the encouragement to subscribe and all that good stuff.
1: Let us know in the comments, should AI-generated art be able to be copyrighted or not i would love to hear from you we both would love to know uh, just say yes or no in the comments super easy and you know you can give some further thoughts uh, if just like me you are deeply um philosophical about it then uh, let us know we would love to hear from you but thank you so much for tuning in and make sure to like and subscribe
0: AI tools for creators, where technology and creativity merge. It's like having a creative partner that never sleeps. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.